0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna.
1: Welcome into the show. Great to be back on the mic with the uh, the legend that is Henry McKenna of the Pats Wire uh, because Henry, while most of us Boston fans have been completely sleeping on the Patriots, you know, fully invested in the Celtics in the NBA Finals, you've been grinding away uh, on the Patriots, their mini camp practices, and you've got all kinds of takes for us, right? That's basically what this show is.
2: Yeah, it's Takefest 2022, summer of, uh, and it's like the most ridiculous time to come up with takes because we know the very least about this team, but. That's what makes for such good opportunity for takes, and uh, I know everybody has every right in Boston to be paying attention to the other teams. So, uh, but that's why I'm here is to catch you up while you've got an eye on on the uh, basically this the Celtics championship run here.
1: No, yeah, seriously, we're we're sleeping on the Patriots, and you look up and you see you know Henry's posting an article ten takeaways from the mini Like ten takeaways, you came up with ten. And you read through it and you're like, there's some (laughs) some good stuff in here. So I think, uh, you know, as we go through this episode of the podcast, I'm going to play the role of the Patriots fan who maybe has seen some notes and headlines here and here and there. And you're going to be the expert who's been grinding away in and around your wedding stuff. Right. That's pretty much what we're what we're doing. Um, And I think our number one topic, you know, there's a lot we're going to get to. Who's calling the plays? Looks like Matt Patricia will get to that. How did Mac Jones look? Uh, in, in short, he's looked good and we got some takes on that as well. But let's just start like in general, Henry, your general takeaway of the team now heading into the summer, heading into training camp. Are the Patriots going to be any good, right? Because as we were talking about how we wanted to start this show, it's really clear that we can't really list more than three or four surefire number one elite players that you could really count on on this team. Matthew Judon's like the easy number one maybe David Andrews, maybe Devin McCourty, and then it gets really hard. It gets really, like, Mac Jones is a second-year player. He's not a top-15 quarterback yet. Who are the top guys on this team? How good is this team going to be? Reading through your article on Patriots Wire, you wrote about how it's like an army of wide receiver twos, right? Like, there's no surefire wide receiver, no surefire corner. Now that J.C. Jackson's gone, like, who can we depend on, and what should we expect in training camp? It's going to be a wild kind of summer trying to figure out who makes this team, trying to figure out what the depth chart's going to look like. It's going to be fun, but for diehard Patriots fans, maybe a little scary too.
2: Yeah, I was standing with Doug Kide, who who used to cover the team for Nesson, and now he works nationally for PFF. And So we were kind of just watching the end of practice, the afterword of practice. Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi were the only two players on the field, just like thinking around. And I was, I brought up the, the point that, that you were talking about with Doug. I was like, name, name one player on this roster that would be the, the immediate starter on another team's roster, like, and sort of, like, league-wide, even. Like, don't just think about, okay, could they start for the Texans? Because nobody cares. But, like, a player who is universally a number one around the league. And 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 the list you mentioned is the one, basically, I came up with. David Andrews, probably Hunter Henry, Matt Judon, Devin McCourty. And then, for some teams, you're looking at Mac Jones. Looks like, you know, some teams would probably prefer him to their starter. Trent Brown, um, some teams would probably be interested at least like seattle for example who tried to sign him um, this offseason so there are some players that are technically number ones in a, in a way but
1: true
2: number one players like the patriots don't have a single player i would say that is the best player at their position in the nfl that that's i don't even think that's arguable i it's think quite that's a pretty statement. concrete it's
1: quite a statement
2: but then you but then you have these players who are arguably top 10 right? And they're the ones we just mentioned. And then you've got a few more that are players that are sort of in the top 32. Um, And that's when we open it up to like Trent Brown, Mac Jones, maybe Christian Barmore, maybe Michael Onwenu, maybe Kendrick Bourne, but but I don't think so, honestly. And so the, the point that I'm getting at here, and is that this team is very very deep and competitive but it's it's one thing to be that and it's another thing to be good and so Doug and I were talking about okay so what happens next for this team because it was day two of minicamp they actually ended up coincidentally canceling day three of minicamp because of heavy rain and supposedly a successful offseason and Bill Belichick was there awfully late at the Celtics game on Tuesday night so I don't know if he enjoyed a few <laughs> few too many bud lattes (laughs) um but either way no practice on thursday which left just a two-day mini camp and just the thought that okay training camp is going to be crazy competitive and at every single position outside of the offensive line the offensive line is pretty much set quarterback is set um but but kind of everywhere else people are are fighting for snaps receiver Big mess of of wide receiver twos. Tight end, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are going to be fighting over snaps. And then beyond them, Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene are going to be fighting to prove that they're worth a roster spot. And I don't think they are right now. Then you look at the other side of the ball on defense. You've got competitions at cornerback. You've got way too many safeties to put on the field at any one given time. You've got not enough good linebackers to put on the field at one given time. So something's some got to give there. Either the players have to be better or they have to add someone. And then and then another mess on the defensive line. There's really just one player, two players that you can count on on defense, Mads Judon and Devin McCourty to be on the field, let's say, like 80% of the time. Even Jalen Mills, who is the cornerback too, he'll be fighting for his job this year because Jack Jones, uh, Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones, those are two of them are are rookies, uh, and then Malcolm Butler and Terrence Mitchell, all coming for Jalen Moses' job. And he wasn't so exceptional last year that he could keep it. So it's going to be wild. And that's why I have genuinely no idea whether this team is good. Getting back to your original question, do I think this team is good? I literally do not know. I think that the the AFC is so darn competitive, and they spent – all these teams spent the offseason going out and getting number one players. Russell Wilson joins the Broncos. Tyree and Teron Armstead join the Dolphins. Devontae Adams joins the Raiders. Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson joined the Chargers. Vaughn Miller joins the Buffalo Bills. And a name that's obviously steeped in tragedy and controversy, Deshaun Watson joins the, the Cleveland Browns. We don't know how much he'll play, but he's a good football player. And if he is playing, which would be disappointing from the NFL, but when has the NFL impressed us from a, a morals standpoint? Exactly. If he's playing for the Browns, then they're a good football team. So um, it's interesting to see how much better the AFC got around the Patriots and how the Patriots are just like nothing but a big question mark. And training camp in early season – Is where they have to show they're not just mediocre talent, that these mediocre and above average talents have developed into special talents. And if that evolution doesn't happen over the next six months, that actually that's it's a tighter timeline, right? Like four months, uh, then this team is not going to be good. It's kind of that simple.
1: Yeah, I mean, Amari Cooper is another one we could say, Henry, on that Browns team. So if True. Watson is yep. playing Amari Cooper, yeah, that's going to be a problem. And and all that kind of comes back, like, it, it's really all about Mac Jones in year two, isn't it? It it all comes back to Mac Jones and his development and how he looks in year two. Uh, if the Patriots are going to be good, he's going to have to be really good, it feels like. Uh, he's going to have to kind of put the team on his shoulders a little bit, own this team. And, you know, one thing I've been thinking about, and it kind of... Came to the forefront of my mind as I was reading through your Patriots Wire stuff, reading through your thoughts on Mac Jones and how he looked. You you wrote how he looked really good. You looked in command. I've been giving him leash. I don't know if other Patriots fans have been doing this. In the back of my head, I've been giving Mac Jones leash for year two. I've been like, you know what? Joe Judge is the quarterbacks coach. Looks like Matt Patricia's the play caller. You know that's a mess. You know uh, the wide receiving crew. I, I don't know who's going to be on the field. They added Devontae Parker. How's that going to look? They drafted Tyquan Thornton. I don't know. I've I've given Mac Jones all these excuses. And on top of the AFC getting better all around the Patriots, the AFC East getting better, the Dolphins getting better. I've just been giving Mac Jones a lot of leash. And now, reading your article, I don't want to. I, I want to go back and be like, no, I want to raise my ex- expectations for the quarterback, right? Because he was a first round pick and he did play in the Pro Bowl last year and he led the Patriots back to the playoffs as a rookie. And if and if he's the future of the franchise, he needs to take a major step in forward in year two. And I think the Patriots need him to for us to have an actual season.
2: Yeah. Well, first piggybacking off your your idea of, of what are the expectations for Mac Jones. I think the Patriots have sort of set them. Last year was take it easy. Mac Jones is not an important part of this offense. He's really not even an important necessarily part of the team.
1: Hand the ball yes, off. The most, hand it off again. Right. Back, hand it off once Hit more. Hand it off.
2: <laughs> then play action but then go back to handing it off and let the defense win but that's not how this team is constructed they they lost jc jackson um you know they're moving on with from some of their veteran talent at linebacker and at other positions they need mac jones to be a better player a bigger player a influential player a game-winning talent they need him to be a year or two player, and not a rookie anymore. And so it's, it's a big year for him where he they've sort of thrown a lot of money at this roster and not quite in the same way as some of the crazy spendy teams like the Rams. But the Patriots are spending a lot of money, you know, this year and last year. And the, the expectation is, especially because the roster didn't really get better it's like if mac jones was sort of like no value added last year and i think i've talked about this before but this year he needs to be like many games wins game many games one value added right like wins above replacement like mac jones was probably like uh quietly like a minus one last year wins above replacement he needs to be like a two or three wins of a replacement quarterback this year what was interesting about minicamp was that he was excellent he was completely in command of the offense and of in turn the defense he was dialing up deep balls to Trey Nixon like Trey Nixon was what Nelson Aguilar was supposed to be I mean Trey Nixon looked like a beast And, and Nelson Aguilar looked like a pretty good player actually. And so, I mean, keep in mind, the Patriots secondary is under construction. Malcolm Butler was limited for the second day of practice. Um, but then again, Hunter Henry was limited for a bunch of practice, too. Uh, so, you know, both sides of the ball didn't have weapons. The The point is, Matt Jones' deep ball was insufficient last year. And for him to go into minicamp and make that from a weakness to so far, a strength. That's exactly the kind of evolution that needs to be happening in New England that will make this team relevant. So, this is the catch. In minicamp, players play in shorts and, like, they wear these things called shells. They're, like, not shoulder pads, even. They're, like, little rubber-looking shoulder pads. They're, They're small. Basically, it doesn't really count. I mean... It means something that he looked really good in minicamp. But there was no pass rush. There was no offensive line. There was no one for him to throw over. It's a game of seven on seven. And nobody's hitting each other. Nobody's tackling anyone. It's very hands-off, like basketball meets football. So the real test is, okay, this was a promising minicamp. And again, it goes back to, let's see what happens in training camp. What happens when the pads go on? Will Mac Jones, with a pass rush, still be able to dissect the Patriots' defense in the same way? Because if that happens, if that continues to happen, then this offense will look totally different next year. And uh, there's reason for optimism at that point. I think there would be reason for like great optimism if Mac Jones looks as good in training camp and preseason as he looked in mini camp because. He looked ridiculously good at minicamp. And it's like, I try and pump the brakes on it, but like, he really did. I mean, I was, I was wowed.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's good. It's, it's what you should expect, right? I, I, that's, that's, that was my big takeaway is like, I'm, I'm going to expect that trend to continue. I'm going to believe that that trend's going to continue. I'm not going to give him the leash um, because of all these other, the other things. And, and by the way, who needs Devontae Adams, Henry? Who needs Tyreek Hill when you have Trey Nixon? right? Like who, who, <laughs> who needs those players? I mean, okay. So if I'm playing the role of Patriots fan, who's barely been paying attention uh, and paying attention more to the Celtics while Henry is grinding away at minicamp with the other Patriots beat guys, uh, then I'm being honest when I say who the hell is Trey Nixon? So I had to look him up. I did. I had to look up Trey Nixon, forgot that he was Ernie Adams. So Ernie Adams made Trey Nixon, his hand picked final draft pick of his career last year. It was the seventh round. They drafted, I think he went on and off the roster, Henry, right? Ended up on the practice squad. So, Trey Nixon has been a name that none of us have, have really been paying much attention to unless you're an absolute diehard and know every player on the roster and practice squad. Uh, this is a player that nobody's talking about. We're all talking about Devontae Parker and Taekwon Thornton, the rookie they just drafted, and maybe Nelson Aguilar, is he going to bounce back? And Jacoby Myers, who signed a tender, right, to be back on the team in the slot. So... There's all these players vying for uh, Kendrick Bourne, maybe the best receiver on the roster. We haven't even mentioned his name yet. Like, we have all these receivers, and Henry ranks Trey Nixon and Nelson Aguilar as number one and two as the most impressive players at uh, Minicamp. And you said Nixon was dominant in your in your reporting, right? Dominant. So, And you said he was the best player by far at Minicamp. Now, as you said, that could change when they get into pads, but... Who the hell is this Trey Nixon? I think this is one of the more fun stories that's come out of minicamp Henry's. Is, is this receiver that all Pats fans are now super excited about when really nobody really knew who this guy was a couple weeks ago. Like if we're being honest with ourselves.
2: Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you the good news and I'll give you the bad news about Trey Nixon. All right, let's do it. The good news is that Trey Nixon was like like we just talked about. He was the most dominant receiver at minicamp, which is a crazy thing to say, um, considering the fact that Devontae Ad, uh, Adams, Devontae Parker um, and Nelson Aguilar, and uh, who else was there? All the guys. Uh, Kendrick Bourne was there for a day, but he missed the first day.
1: There's too many uh, to keep track Jaco- of, honestly. <laughs> right. Too
2: many. Jacoby Myers was limited. So a bunch of receivers at practice and... Trey Nixon running running the slot was burning Jonathan Jones, the Patriots' number one slot corner. He was burning Sean Wade, uh the the rookie that they acquired during preseason last year, who who really just watched all of last season. Nixon Mac Jones lofted like a 50-yard ball downfield after, by the way, hitting Nixon for two other deep balls in the course of two days. And Nixon with John Jones draped on him, like like Trey Nixon's wearing John Jones like a cape. And Nixon just reaches out his right arm with his other left arm totally hung up by John Jones. He just reaches out the right arm like Randy Moss burning Darrell Revis and pulls in the ball. So we saw some spectacular plays from a UCF standout. you know Ernie Adams's final draft selection in the in last year's draft class seventh round pick coming out of nowhere sleeper for training camp so that's the good news about Trey Nixon is that he looked very good in the opportunities that he got so here's reality and and sort of the bad news Jacoby Myers wasn't practicing and Kendrick Bourne only practiced one day and Ty Montgomery was playing in the slot. He played running back previously at other stops, but he's playing slot for the Patriots. So Trey Nixon has a massive amount of competition to get snaps in the slot. He has to somehow jump past or at least earn a timeshare with all of the players I just mentioned. And like we talked about in minicamp players aren't wearing pads so a guy like Trey Nixon who is slight of frame when he was drafted and, and players do change body types especially over the course of their first year when they're not really playing but when he was drafted he was six foot one 185 pounds so we talk about you know I gotta remember I think that's basically comparable to Tyquan Thornton who we talk about being like extremely skinny He's six foot two and he is, I'm waiting for a page to load, 181 pounds, right? So Nixon is like only slightly bigger. And uh the the cautionary tale that I'll apply Trey Nixon to is Gunnar Olszewski. O- Olshevsky. Because I was I've been, you know, I think it was two years ago, I was writing about Gunner being like, this guy looks legit. And I'm not usually one who's prone to over-praising people. But Gunner looks like the best receiver at minicamp two years ago. And then training camp rolled around, and he just totally disappeared because pads went on. And while Gunner made for a really good returner, he could just not figure out how to move through defenses when contact became a part of the game. So sure, he can play basketball's version of football, and that's what he was good at, and that was it. And you have to worry about Trey Nixon being a similar player, where maybe he understands how to play seven-on-seven, but football's played in 11-on-elevens, and it's a very, very, very different game. So we'll see. I think we'll kind of have to watch whether Nixon really gets any time beyond the group that's at the top of that depth chart and we'll see if he can withstand a more physical style of play.
1: Yeah, it's a good story about Gunnar Olszewski because that's a guy that just he can't really play wide receiver when you get him in an actual game. Um, anytime he had to take real snaps when there was injuries or whatever, he just he couldn't get the job done up there, which is probably why he's not here anymore. Uh, but it is funny. I mean, I mean, it's no wonder that Jacoby Myers was uh, limited and banged up Henry because basically if I'm reading Patriots Twitter right, um, and I know that's not the entire fan base, but Patriots Twitter has basically forgotten Jacoby Myers existed, and has now elevated uh, Trey Nixon to Julian Edelman status. Right? He is the starting slot guy. He's going to lead us to the promised land. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like this is where we're at with this with this player. It's just kind of fun how right. right? we all we can't help ourselves as fans to fall in love with these underdog stories. But it's happened before. It's happened before. They found diamond and the rough guys that they've coached up and have made an impact. It's kind of f- fun to see a player like Trey Nixon, who again, nobody was ever talking about until this time he's coming out making plays that remind you of Randy Moss. But, uh, I did want to ask <laughs> you too about, uh, <laughs> I did want to ask you about Taequann Thornton too. Uh, a player that you continually, Henry, uh, fair or not, you keep calling him skinny Patriots, rookie Taequann Thornton on Twitter. <laughs> so you be careful about that. I think you have like a tick that you can't help yourself to keep calling him skinny in your analysis of Taequann Thornton, but that's just what it is. Uh, How's he looking? How's he looking? What kind of camp did he have?
2: He, I, yeah, I, I wasn't so impressed with him. I mean, I didn't think he was a mess or totally lost. I think he just looked like a classic rookie, not really ready for minicamp. Not in the say in the sense that he was unprepared, but rather that rookies come into the NFL and there's just so much going on, and they're just learning how to be professionals. Much in the same way that, you know, all of us were like in our first job where all of a sudden everything is you're getting paid to work, you know, and and the expectations are totally different. So we saw him running at Gunner, um, which is where I think he could potentially be like a day one starter, which is like a pretty probably upsetting statement for, <laughs> for Patriots fans. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, and then, you know, he was running like second team. So it's often running with Brian Hoyer, um, sometimes running scout team with Bailey, Z- Bailey Zappi against the first team defense. This is like the normal progression for the Patriots with their rookies. I mean, Cole strange is a unique case. They needed a left guard. They drafted a left guard. They immediately plugged Cole strange into the starting lineup with the number one offense. That's just, how it, how it went for them as expected, but yeah,
1: but Thornton,
2: not so much. And they drafted him, I think with the intention of giving him a year or at least six months to develop both physically and, you know, mentally and get getting ready for the NFL game both because he's skinny Taekwondo Thornton (laughs) and, (laughs) and he does need to gain some, some body mass. But also because, the, you know, the, even though the Patriots are, quote-unquote, dumbing down their playbook, as, as said by, as they win, they also, it's still a pro-NFL playbook. And uh, it's, it's likely that Taequann Thornton hasn't really done anything like it. I mean, he, he's played in a lot of different offenses at, at Baylor, but it, again, it, you just don't know if, if he's ready, you know, to apply a new playbook at the pro level where the speed is so different. So we'll see. He had a really nice big catch along the sideline. He immediately fell to the ground afterward though. (laughs) You would have liked to see him kind of catch and run with it. And I think the lack of catch and run was something that people were a little critical of in his draft tape. So yeah, I can't really say much other than that. You know, I think, I think what I project, honestly, is that he gets he stays buried under this depth chart for a little while because of the depth that there is,
1: which is nothing new for Belichick, right? He'll do he'll draft a kid and give him a red shirt year, quote unquote, and then bring you know, hope to have him for that following season ready to roll. But yeah, you know, again, yeah, exactly. Patri- Henry Patriots fans don't want to hear that the Patriots jumped out ahead of the Steelers and the Chiefs to draft this kid so he can play Gunner. Right, that's not. It's not what we. Uh, right. It's not what we we're looking for. Yeah, that's for not the, the long term projection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But exactly. if
2: think about Josh Uche was a second round pick and he hasn't played uh, at all, and now he's going to be a starter almost certainly.
1: Which is a great segue. But, that's where I wanted to go next. Right. Like we should talk okay. about the defense. Yeah. We should talk about the defensive side um, because Uche is a guy that we've been pleading for for him to have more of a role because like we've always felt that it's kind of there, but kind of like Chase Winovich, like he's always had these weird snap counts. Uh, and it sounds like it's his turn to now get kind of thrusted into an important role. You, you wrote that they're using him all over the field, right? Inside and outside as a linebacker. What stood out with Uche specifically and the defense as a whole, Henry?
2: Uche's, Uche's playing multiple positions, like you said. So he's having to learn a new role, which is the off ball inside linebacker position. He, he generally played on the edge, sort of, uh, off the defensive end or as a defensive end linebacker role. And this, this off-ball role is a pretty different position, but I think it's good. He's an athlete. He's a really smart guy. He should be able to play every position, kind of like what Jawan Bentley does, but Uche is a better athlete. We saw the Patriots try this out, with Chase Winovich. That ended messily. He, he was always kind of promising Winovich, but he was never really like bought in. It was, it just, I don't, I don't even know. Nobody really understands the Chase Winovich conundrum, <laughs> but Uche seems like he's ready for it. And uh, I, 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 for the Patriots sake, I really hope Uche pans out because this, these last few draft classes have just been like barren wastelands for New England. And Uche is one of the guys, but there's still hope. But he's definitely like right on the cusp of just being another draft draft bust if this doesn't work out because they really need Uche to play both inside and outside. The linebacker positions are are sparse. Another draft bust and Fernie Jennings hasn't been good. Um, they're looking at Mac Wilson, who they traded for one for one for Shea Swinovich. He's an inside linebacker. Jawan <laughs> Bentley is going to be savior. a starter. <laughs> Mackie yeah, in the savior. <laughs> uh, Raekwon McMillan's returning from an injury that took him out of 2021, but he looks like a 2022 starter. Um, Cameron McGroan is who is like a uh, suddenly again, like weirdly, the hype is very high around him, but like what do we know about him? Almost nothing. So, I don't know. Uh, Uche better be good is is my only take about Uche because they just they just desperately need a good linebacker that's versatile and Bill Belichick needs a good draft pick from that those classes to to have them even look mildly respectable because they're looking like a mess and this offseason we're going to see even more players from those classes. I'm I'm kind of referencing 19 and 2020. Just like I think Anthony Jennings gets cut. I think Dalton Keene and and Devin Asiasi deserve to get cut. I, I don't know. It's like yikes. Like it's gonna get even we people have been trashing Belichick for those draft classes. The, the, the there's gonna be so much ammunition come training camp when Nikhil Harry, Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keene, and Anfernie Jennings all get cut. <laughs> it's gonna be exactly. bleak.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about Henry how they didn't uh they didn't draft any linebackers in this this past draft. So there's got to be a lot of confidence in, in a guy like Uche and and maybe Ronnie Perkins, the guy they drafted last year that we didn't see uh, and and all that, because it's going back to that first point, right? It's like how there's a lack of just surefire guys you can count on, on the defense outside of McCourty and uh, Judon. And it's just like, it's got to be by design, right? Like they have to know this is the roster and this was, you know, this is what it is after free agency in the draft. Like, there's got to be some confidence in, like, Mac Wilson and Cam McGrone just locking down the interior or Jawan Bentley being a rock or, or I don't know. Like, there's got to be like – it's got to be by design, right? It's not like they, like, stumbled into this situation.
2: No, they must have faith in McGrone, Perkins, Uche, Bentley. They must think that those players can grow because otherwise they wouldn't be betting like this. I mean, there are some linebackers out there that could help. Anthony Barr and Justin Houston are two names in particular that I have circled as sort of like fallback plans. But the Patriots don't have much money to bring in those guys. I mean, they've showed an unwillingness to restructure deals into the future. They could easily add Anthony Barr or easily add um, Justin Houston if they wanted to restructure contracts for – Matt Judon and Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith and maybe even Nelson Aguilar if they're going to keep him this year, but they just haven't showed a willingness to do that. I think because probably Robert Kraft doesn't really want to keep shelling out cash in the same way that he did last year. So, um, and that's totally speculative. I I have no idea whether like finances are actually holding up the Patriots spending interest, but, but that's just kind of what logic might, indicate um so yeah and then and then i just like referencing the last rant that i had about draft last busts uh, joan williams is a guy that i i couldn't even he's so irrelevant to this roster i couldn't even remember him as being a the guy that they're gonna cut so yeah he's yeah. probably getting cut too. Add him to the list
1: yeah 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 it's just like you know it goes back to like that little opening we did it's like you know, maybe we're sleeping on the Patriots right now while Henry's grinding away. Well, there, there's a lot going on. Like we just talked about a lot of stuff. I don't think we even got to everything in our notes, Henry. So I could give you the final word that we didn't get to. Trent Brown apparently moving back to left tackle, which can't be a great sign for another draft pick of Belichick's in the first round. Isaiah Win uh, can't be a great sign for him. Kind of feels like a demotion going going to the other side to right tackle, and it's. I don't know as a fan i'm a little worried about trent brown because since the super bowl that he won with the patriots and when he went over to the raiders as a free agent uh he's been in and out of the lineup he was in and out of the lineup lineup with the raiders he's in and out of the lineup last year so trent brown moving the left tackle is a is a little bit of a side story that we should be keeping an eye on uh you know we talked about cole strange a little bit uh, but again it's kind of hard to evaluate an interior lineman during minicamp, right you know i, I don't know it, it's unless you really know all the hand, the hand checking technique or whatever, like what are we learning without pads on with the interior alignment? But, uh, what, what else stuck out? I'll give you the final word, your final thoughts on the mini camp.
2: Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm mostly spent. Um, <laughs> Me too. I think, I'm uh, I guess, I guess, yeah, <laughs> I think I'll end it on the Cole strange and, uh, Jack Jones notes as two players who are most interested Two rookies. I mean, who I'm most interested to watch, because if there was a player who was the counterpart to Trey Nixon on defense, who I'm like, that guy we looked great, but I don't know how he'll look in pads. It's Jack Jones, the fourth round pick out of ASU. I wrote a profile on him earlier this offseason. He sounds like a really impressive young man, despite dealing with legal problems and academic issues during college. He seems like he matured a a tremendous amount and looks like a really good football player. And he just weighs 175 pounds. He's a really skinny dude, just like Tyclon Thornton. Skinny Jack Jones. (laughs) And so I want to see what Jack Jones looks like when guys like Devontae Parker or even Nelson Aguilar can be more physical at that line of scrimmage or even beyond. Um, because it because I want to see how how much Jack Jones gets beat up, basically, or if he doesn't, maybe he won't. And then the the final rookie to watch in in training camp is is obviously Cole Strange. The he's gonna he's gonna start week one. I, I would be willing to put money on it, and I'm not I'm not a better. Um, so that's that's interesting that the Patriots are so fully committed. Um, we didn't mention that. Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown have flipped and Wynn is now playing right tackle. Trent Brown is now playing left. So keep an eye out for that. Um, During the preseason, if that switch holds up, it will be interesting to see how those players hold up at their their new positions. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll come back on here in the coming weeks to discuss the team again. I'm also I'm I've got a wedding which is mine, but you I'm do. already married. You do, yeah. COVID cancellations. I got this weekend. Then I'm going to Hawaii, Then I got my master's program. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting my creative writing degree, so it'll be a busy month ahead. And but we'll find some time to talk training camp.
1: A hundred percent. And and in the meantime, people should just check out the Patriots wire because again, while we're all, you know, go Celtics, rooting for the Seas to find a way to put away Steph Curry and these Warriors trying to stay up all night watching these freaking 9 p.m. tip-offs, which is ridiculous, but um, it is what it is. Uh, there's tons of stuff on Patriots Wire. You can keep up with the team by just following Henry's stuff on Twitter and on Patriots Wire specifically. There's uh, articles, again, I was blown away. I'm like, 10 takeaways, 10 takeaways, and you go through it. It's like, man, there's there's a lot of meat on that bone for minicamp. So uh, this is, it, it's a fun season. It's a fun offseason for the Patriots and what's coming up because so much unknown, right? Right, Henry? So many jobs to be won and lost. Um, It's going to be a fun team to kind of follow here going forward. And uh, as we try to figure out if they're going to be good or not. (laughs) We really don't know if they're going to be any good. Uh, So, yeah, looking forward to that. But in the meantime, man, enjoy your time. Enjoy Hawaii. It's on my bucket list for sure. And uh, good luck with the wedding this weekend. That's always a super fun, stressful, crazy day. Uh, But the best advice I got was just to like try to take a beat every now and then and just like take it all in. Cause it's really easy to get like engulfed by the whole day and just be like sucked in and feel like you have to run around talking to everybody every now and then you just got to like find a corner and just like take 30 seconds. Just like see all the people doing, you know, having a great time for your celebration. That'd be my only advice to you.
2: That's good advice. Yeah. I'll make sure I, I, uh, slowing it down. That's definitely a thing that in yeah. life I yeah. should probably do a little bit more.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, all right. So for Henry, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you all for uh, joining us uh, on this one. And we will catch you soon. You want to say bye to
0: the people, Henry?
2: Ladies, gentlemen, don't forget to slow it down.
0: Go! Go!